Well, grace and peace to you today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, a common refrain as well for this day is to say, Alleluia, Christ is born. And so uh, as you go throughout this day, just think about that. And if you greet someone, you can say, Alleluia, Christ is born. And, and make them be even more thrown off because you didn't say Merry Christmas. As we gather this morning, we want to continue in the celebration of, of Christmas Day. Um, and we want to, I want especially for us to remember as we worship together that we are joining together with saints all across the world as we join together, but also to be in prayer for all the families that we are missing, either because of sickness or because they have traveled, um, to just be in prayer for them throughout this service. As we begin, let us do the uh, call and response from Psalms 98 this morning. So join with me, as always, you guys are the, the yellow text. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sights of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre and with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth, he will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. Let us pray this morning. On this day, glorious Lord, you came to us as word, as light, as flesh. Teach us to know you so well that our lives may befriend this world you have made. In the name of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Just a few quick announcements uh, in the bulletin you have. It has all that on the back. Uh, we're starting that baptism class January 8th during Sunday school hour. Um, this is just going to be a class. It's, it's not something where if you do it, then you have to be baptized. But um, it's an informational class. And, and we're, going to be we're going to be grouping this together with a, a series of classes that we'll go through and look at all the different traditions and the rituals of the church. So we will eventually be looking at communion and we will be looking at uh, even tithes and offerings and, and stuff. And we'll be kind of mapping it all out to give people that, that informational background to why we do it. But uh, there is homework because when we get into this, we, we're going to be talking about so much that, that you need to do a little bit of pre-work before you come so that you kind of have an idea so we can go forward. Uh, so I have these little sheets for the first class um, and it's just going to be Bible verses. You have to read it and then you just have to like in one sentence summarize what it's saying. And that's just for you so that when you come to the class, 
you already have an idea of like where we're going and we can talk about the scriptures and we don't have to go through and try to read because like there's there's only 16 there's way more that i could have put on here but i only chose like the 16 kind of most important significant to that discussion uh so if you are interested pick this sheet up um, and if you come during Sunday school, January 8th, and you haven't done homework, well, you can still listen, but you might be a little lost. Uh, and then you'll have to catch up on the homework. So, uh, and also, I need a representative from families with children, because I have a gift for all the, the people with children at their homes. So if they want to come forward, Callan? Callan, come here. Come on, Timmy. Don't be shy. And we'll be uh, getting the rest to the people next week when they are hopefully back. Here you go, guys. Something, oh, yes, and Bambi. Here, uh, Christopher, you want to take this to Bambi? That way Zane can have one as well. Little books for Christmas so you can uh, read them together today or the next day. Our first reading this morning is in Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 10. Um, if I have someone who would be willing to read it, uh, you can either look at it up by yourself or I have the text up on the screen so you can uh, read it. All right. Sentinels. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, Thanks be to God. As we get ready for worship uh, in song this morning, I, I want us now to be excited because we've, we've held off the past four weeks during Advent. We haven't sang any Christmas songs, but now is the time. So I've, I've selected a handful of Christmas songs. And if you don't have them this week, probably next week, we will have them. Uh, and so we're, we're going to celebrate now with songs of praise, especially fixated on the birth of Christ. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, if you want to stand with me, you're more than welcome to. And i got to find my spot here. Oh, our first song this morning is Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. So join with me as we worship in song. Thank you. 
reading this morning (coughs) is in John um, 1, 1 through 14. If anyone would like to read that, it will be on the screen again. This is the word of the Lord. Together we say thanks be to God. Our next uh, Christmas song this morning is um, Angels We Have Heard on High.
down a little bit with the next one. Um, oh, holy night.
Go ahead and you can turn to our scripture for this morning, which is in Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. So go ahead and uh, turn with me, and we'll read this in a second. If you are able, I ask that you please stand for the reading of God's word today. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the word of the Lord, and together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray this morning. By the light of the Holy Spirit shining in our midst, Open our hearts and minds, O God, to your word. Present now and always for the sake, present now and always for the sake of your holy name. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, uh, for those of you who were here last week or if you listened to the message, you you know uh, that I kind of have a thing with intros. Uh, and... Uh, for some reason, I chose to follow the path that brought me to have two introductions to preach on. Um, and I'm not, I'm not someone who really loves that because, again, I, I look at the entire book and I say, okay, if you're going to tell me what you're going to tell me, and then I'm going to read about it more in depth, I'd rather just skip that first section, go right into the section where you're going to tell me everything in depth which kind of then also has the same thing about conclusions, because then if you're just going to repeat the same thing that I just read, then why am I reading it all over again? I, I got it the first time, okay? But we, we come to this, and we have now in Hebrews the, the introduction of this book, and it is setting out this, this beautiful picture, something that, of course, makes perfect sense to preach about on Christmas Day, right? Because it's about Jesus' birth. In fact, it is, and it's very important for us because, you see, this introduction is setting up a, a theological idea that has been prevalent since the very beginning of the church and is one that is so vastly important to the faith that we proclaim. You see, we believe that God became incarnate. That is what this day is about, the incarnation of God. And, and so for, for those of you who aren't hip on the what we call stained glass language, the, 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 the language of the church, incarnation simply means God coming and dwelling as man, God becoming a human. And this incarnation is so vastly important to our understanding of who Jesus is, what he did, and how that affects our lives. That we can't just look past it. 
And so it is great that this time of year we take this time and we speak about the incarnation because there's a lot of times we we can talk about the atonement of god we can talk about the redemptions our, our salvation from sins we we can talk about all these other aspects and, and we spend so much time during lent and easter and and pentecost to talk about all that stuff we only get this small little window where we actually talk about the birth and what that means for us and so we're going to take the time. And, and of course, as I, I said last night, and as those who know me know so well, I am a stickler for those rules. And, and that's why we haven't sang Christmas songs up until now, because it's been Advent. Advent is a time of anticipation. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of getting ready for. And so to sing Christmas songs during the time that you're getting ready is not appropriate because Christ hasn't been born yet. But now we've come to Christmas Day and Christ has been born. So now we get to celebrate and now we get to party. And, and it's not just today, by the way. Children, hear me out. You can use this for your, your parents. Christmas is 12 days of celebration. 12 days of celebration. That means between now and January 5th, it's technically Christmas. So you can pull that card out, you know, hey, go take care of the dishes, but it's Christmas. Oh, oh wait, sorry. No, I shouldn't be interfering. Sorry, parents. <laughs> I will come and do the dishes. The, the, the point of that is, is that we, we as Christians must learn to re-embrace this idea of celebration, to live in the season and not just in the, the particular moment, but to live in the season in which we are in. And so that means for the next 12 days, if you greet someone, again, you could say Merry Christmas because it's the Christmas season. Or you could say, Alleluia, Christ is born, because that's a more traditional Christ Christian greeting than actually saying Merry Christmas. But, you know, you, you could just really throw people off with that, too. Uh, but the, the idea is we have this entire window. So that's why, again, next Sunday, we're going to sing Christmas songs yet again. And we're going to have another Christmas message. Because it is this, this season that we are in, and we want to celebrate that completely. And so we have then this Hebrew text, and we, we need to dig in here a little bit. And there's some background information that I want you to have so that you have it in the back of your mind. Eventually, down the road, um, I don't think this year, maybe next year the lectionary comes back around to it, we will hit the book of Hebrews again. It's a complicated book. It's a heavy book. There's a lot in here. And, and really, that's some of the charm of what is going on here. You see, the, the book of Hebrews, out of all the other books that we have in the Bible, the book of Hebrews is the most mysterious. We don't know much about it. Uh, we don't have a very firm idea of when it was written. We have absolutely no clue on who wrote it. Some say Paul some, like my professor in college, will joke and say that it was Priscilla just because he wants to be a, a, a nuisance to people who in the theological community would laugh at that. Um, but we have no clue. And part of what makes this so interesting is that the, the language in the original Greek, it is such what they call a, a high 
uh, composition, a high form of composition, because Greek, uh, on like, well, I mean, I guess we can kind of equate to English. I'll, I'll try to do that here in a second. Uh, in Greek, you have ways of speaking that are is very common, but then you have ways that are very formal. And so I guess in the same way we can look at our English language and we have, you know, the expressions like y'all or, or a lot of the Midwestern sayings where we kind of slur words, we change them and we morph them. We say ope a lot, right? Ope, sorry. It's not, it's not technically actually a word, but we have that, and that's kind of common language. But then you can have the formal language. Think of like all the terms and conditions and agreements that you have to always click I agree and accept whenever you open anything or buy anything. All that's very formal language. The wording in it is very precise. They use big fancy words because they want to mean this whole big definition. So they grab this $10 word versus using like, you bought this product. So you can only, you know, whatever. And so we have, we have that idea that we can kind of bring into. And if you were to think about this, the book of Hebrews is like the terms and conditions that you agree to. That's kind of how it is written in the original language. And, and that makes it very complicated. And even more so, this book is a wonderful study guide for anyone who wants to have an understanding of Christi the Christological ideas that the church has formed. And that's, again, a, a way of saying this book talks about Jesus. This book gives us very good insight into who Jesus was, how Jesus relates to God, how Jesus relates to angels, how Jesus relates to humans and, and what the, the idea of the sacrifice meant and, and pulling that in with a Jewish thought and, and the Jewish culture by talking about the high priests. And, and so it's, it's this beautiful book that you can spend a very long time dissecting and trying to understand. But in this case, the introduction actually does us a favor and it gives us a very basic idea of what the author is trying to get at. And what we have here in, in verse uh, 3 is, is really the key to this entire section, where he says, he, meaning Christ, is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. If you had to summarize who Jesus was, that verse kind of encapsulates the most important aspects of it. And what it does is it, it makes this bold statement that Jesus came to be among us. Jesus became a human, flesh and blood to live with us. And so today, as we continue on, I want us to think about the good news, which is the fact that Jesus actively is with us. Even today, even now, Jesus is actively with us. Not a passive observer, not sitting off, just kind of seeing and waiting to understand, but Jesus is actively participating within our very lives 
even today because of this idea of the incarnation of God becoming human. So with that, we need to kind of have an understanding then of what this our incarnation does for us, what, what that means in our lives, practically speaking. And you see, the, the incarnation, it's so important to our faith because of what it tells us and because of what it says isn't true. And, and sometimes that's just as important. I'm not, I, I don't ever try to be a very negative person. I always try to present things in a way where it's, it's the things that we believe versus the things that we don't believe. Because if you always tell everyone what you hate or what you don't believe, it's, it's, it's a very depressing conversation. Whereas if you tell people what you do believe, it, it can be very encouraging. You know, we believe in, in helping the poor. We believe in, in fellowship. We believe in, in caring for one another. Like, those are all good things. And it's a whole, whole lot better than saying, we don't believe in X, Y, Z. We don't believe in doing this. We don't believe in doing that. We don't, you know, back back in the 50s and 60s in, in the church, it would be we don't believe in dancing or, or going to pool halls or, or going to bars or going to, you know, like you you have this long list. And that's all that it was. And, and people looked at it and said, well, then what fun is it to be a part of the church? But there are times where we do need to know what it is that we don't believe to help keep us in line. The incarnation, the idea that God became a human is so important because it says that Jesus is not like God. Listen to my words. Jesus is not like God. God. Jesus did not become God or that Jesus points to God. Those are all the negatives. Those when we when we say that we believe in the incarnation, when we believe that Christ came as a baby born both fully human and fully God, we are making the statements that we believe that Jesus was not saying that he was like God. That Jesus was not trying to become God, that Jesus was not trying to point us to God. Instead, we were making the statement that Jesus is God. And that's so important today because in the world, we have people who will make these claims, people who will look at other human beings and will say, man, they're so great. They, they are, oh man, we, we just need to listen to everything they say. We need to follow everything they do because they're just so great and so awesome. Or we have people who are trying to always point us to something better, trying to point us to some mystical, magical thing that will make our life better for three easy payments of 1995. And if you subscribe to my channel and like the hit the like button, and, 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 we have this this idea in our our culture that nothing is really quite what it seems it's always pointing to something different it's always moving us to something better but that thing is never complete but when we say that we believe that jesus is god in flesh then we are making the statement that jesus is not just trying to be like God. It's not like the phrase where, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. No, Jesus is, is just God. 
And we get that from the end of verse 3, where specifically he says that he is the exact imprint of God's very being. As I studied this past week and every day as I read this text, and I get to that section and I think, man, the, the idea to be the exact imprint of God's very being. How amazing is that? It's not a close replica. Some of the people that I visit in my chaplaincy, um, they, they're, they're kind of nerdy. I love it. Um, they have 3D printers. And they love making these little caricatures. And, and this one guy, he has this really cool, it's about yay high of the Mandalorian, Star Wars stuff. And, and so he, he had that 3D printed. Uh, another person they took, and it's this weird filament that is like part plastic and part wood. It's really wicked cool. And they made a little tiny baby Groot. And it's so cool. Again, this is nerdy stuff, so if you don't know, it's fine. Uh, they're, they're just little caricatures. And they're amazing. But if you go and look at them, real close, they're not the exact imprint of the real thing. And the guys will talk about that because apparently 3D printers, just like normal printers, have different resolutions. And they're like, oh yeah, well, I mean, if I wanted to drop another thousand dollars, I could have went up to like this resolution and then you wouldn't see this or you wouldn't have that. And it's just crazy. And then that whole world is, is nuts with how, how you can do stuff. But it's not the exact imprint. But when you think about like our currency, that's something that, you know, the government does really well because they want all the coins to be the exact imprint so that they can tell that it's not fake. All the dollar bills have to be printed precisely with all the exact details so that they know that it's not a forgery. And this word, the, the, the idea of this imprint in the Greek is actually used for the concept of when they made coins back in the day and they had to press them because unlike today, uh, they couldn't just you know craft them. They actually took gold or silver and they heated it up until it was soft and then they had this mold and they pressed it to make the coins. And that's the idea is the exact imprint. It is, it is nothing but perfect in its representation. So we take that to Christ and we say, Jesus being born and being among us, God with us. It's not that we look at Jesus and we look at his life and we look at what he did or what he said and we say, wow, that's some good stuff. Those are some good teachings. Wow, he, he has some good points about how to live our lives a little bit better. We get to actually look at what he says and what he does and say, this is God. And the amazing thing about it is that God chose to come and dwell among us. You see, the other thing, the, the other beautiful aspect of the incarnation is that it makes the physical just as important as the spiritual. And we've talked about this uh, uh, quite a bit off and on throughout the past couple of months, this idea of physical versus spiritual. And, and you just have to remember that 
in this time, the church was beginning to battle one of its first issues about its faith, which was this idea of Gnosticism and, and whether uh, Christians should focus on the physical or the, the, the spiritual and which one was better. And, and the Gnostics would say that spiritual is always good and physical is always bad. And, and so you don't want to be physical. You want to do everything that takes you to the spiritual. But here we have the author making this very firm claim that the physical is just as important as the spiritual. God chose to come and not just to show himself as an apparition or, or as a ghost or as a spirit or even to send angels, which we had in the past. Again, we had, we had this at the very beginning. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors through many and various ways, Right? You can go into the Old Testament and you can read. There's visitations of angels. There's talking, talking donkeys. There were, there were many different ways that God tried to speak to people. But the ultimate plan was to come in the form of his most beautiful creation. But show them the way by being the exact representation, the exact imprint of who God is. There's this doctor by the name of Richard Selzer. Uh, he was a surgeon and he wrote this book about surgeries uh, that he had performed and, and the, really the stories behind the surgeries. And, and one story that he shared was about this, this woman who was fairly young um, and they, she had just gotten married, and they, they had saved up money because she had this tumor that she was born with in her cheek, and, it, and they wanted to get rid of it. And so they saved up all this money, they had the surgery, and, and they had warned her that there may be complications because your, your face has a lot of muscles and nerves to control your, your cheeks and your smile and your frowns and everything. And so they just warned her and said, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We can do it. We can remove it and you, it will be safe, but we don't know what kind of damage might be done by doing this. And so the, the surgeon, Richard, comes back after the surgery and he comes and he checks on her and everything was successful. Everything went well. But in order to remove it fully, he had to cut a, a nerve in part of her cheek, and it caused her face to be slightly twisted. And he talked to her about it, and he said, unfortunately, this is going to be permanent for the rest of your life. You will have the part of your face kind of twisted. And there's nothing that we can really do about it. And then he says the most wonderful thing happened. The husband leaned in and said, and yet you are still the most beautiful woman. And he went to go kiss her and he distorted his face so that their lips would match up. I know, right? <laughs> and I share this story because it, it's a beautiful example of the incarnation of Christ. Last night we talked about how God came into the mess of our world. We have this, this, these distortions. We have these twisted faces. And yet Christ came saying, and yet you are beautiful. 
and I'm going to love you. And just like the husband matching his lips to his wife, Christ came to be with us, to help us. Such a beautiful image of this idea of, of why it's so important that God became flesh. And so for us in this idea, as we, we kind of bring this all together, the idea that God would take on the form of, of his creation, he, he, the human form, it, it means in some ways that we were not created as defective. And some of us might need to hear that today. I know, uh, you know, Bambi, with your hands, it can feel like, man, something is really wrong. And, and I know I've been going through that between stuff with my knee and everything else that I've had over the past year and a half, two years. Sometimes you can feel like you're defective. But for God to say, I love you so much, I'm going to take on this form, means that we were not created as defective beings. Instead, we were created with purpose. Sure, things happen, complications happen, uh, car accidents happen, uh, cancer happens, things, things happen in our lives, and those are not natural, and those are not designed by God. But at the very core of who we are, we can know every single day that we are not defective. But we've been made with purpose because of this idea of the incarnation. And so for some of us today, we need to remember that. We need to tell ourselves that. And it's okay. You can tell yourself, I'm not defective. Some of us really need to hear that. And for some of you, you just need to know this idea that Jesus is actively with us. This idea of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us was not just a one-time thing. You see, this is, this is the, the beauty of knowing the language. In verse 3, again, that, that primary verse he says, he is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. Those three things are done in a, a, a verb tense. That means they are ongoing. They did not just happen once. They did not just happen a few times. It's not just something that was in the past or something that is going to come. It is something that is continuously ongoing from now until infinity. And then we have at the very end, and he sustains all things by his powerful forward. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You have that shift there. All of a sudden it goes from something that is continuously happening to something that happened. And it's very important for us to see how God is, is constantly working and, and all of that is made possible because of that one-time act. Yes, it is appropriate even on Christmas Day to speak of Christ's death 
and resurrection. Because it all kind of comes together. You can't have one without the other. And so in this season, we rejoice because God chose to become like us. And yet, was the exact representation of the God that we serve. And so we can rest assured knowing that even now, Jesus is actively working within our lives. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit to be an advocate, to be present, to guide us, to teach us, to encourage us, to equip us when we are weak. And Jesus is not sitting passively by because even though he now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high, we are told that he is constantly intervening for us, lifting our prayers to God, saying, help them. And so as we move now into the kind of the, the response portion of our service, as we respond in the different ways through prayers and offerings and then communion, I, I want us to, to remember these different aspects of the incarnation and what that might mean for you today and what that might mean for your neighbor, what that might mean for your coworker, what that might mean for your family members, what they might need to hear today. Maybe you need to be the first one to tell them that they are not defective. Maybe you need to remind them that God is actively still working Or maybe they just need to hear that God loved us so much that he came in flesh to dwell with us. I want us to continue to remember those who are sick. I know Dale and Judy, they, they contacted me last night and they, they're, so, they're so sorry because for the past three weeks they've been with COVID and, and from, went from Dale to Judy and, and, and they are just... They feel awful that they can't be with us. We know that we still have many who are out traveling. We want to be praying for, for Stan and Vicki as they continue with the loss of Linda. We want to continue to pray for Kay and her mother as they go through this battle with cancer, especially as Kay is driving her mom between Chicago and Ann Arbor, especially right now as it's not great weather to be doing so. So let us pray this morning. Let us pray for the world in which the Prince of Peace took flesh and form, saying, Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We give you thanks, Holy One, for the light that has come into the world, into the darkness, for the truth that has illuminated, for the pathway that has been opened, for the rejoicing of your people. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great.
We give you thanks for the feet of those who bring good news, friendship and comfort, food, shelter, and medicine for healing. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for the church of Jesus Christ and for all people of faith whose attention to the way of peace tears down walls that keep us apart. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for this country and for every nation where wisdom reigns, where leaders work for the well-being of the poor so that no one is hungry or homeless and every child is valued and nourished. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We pray for those whose flesh is harmed by poverty, sickness, and cruelty of any kind, that the word made flesh may so fill your world with the power of healing that all people would be made strong and whole. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We pray for the knowledge and courage to be good stewards of all that you have given us, ourselves, our neighbors, the strangers among us, the oceans and rivers, the air and soil, creatures large and small, that we may continue to be blessed with health and life. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. And we pray for those concerns that we have yet to name this day. We pray for the sickness that has been constantly going around from house to house, whether it's the, the stomach bug or the flu or COVID as it has been passed from person to person, keeping us from work and school and from gathering with family members and church family. Lord, I pray for those who are pregnant and for those who are trying to become pregnant. Help them in that journey. As for some, it can be scary. Others, it can be a health concern. And I pray, Lord, that you help Stan and Vicki and Edward, as well as us, who have lost Linda. And as the days and weeks and months continue, that we may find rest and solitude in you and that we may lift their family up in our prayers and in our support. Continue to help Kay and her mother as they fight this cancer. Protect Kay as she drives Keep them safe on the roads, Lord, and be with the doctors as they treat her mother. And as we continue in this Christmas celebration, as some will still have gatherings with family members and friends, I pray for safety of travel. 
most importantly, may we not forget the importance of this celebration. The incarnation. You, Lord, coming in flesh, saying that you will dwell among us to be with us, to lift us up, to love us, and to ultimately die for us. We commend all these things to you and offer our thanksgiving, trusting that what we have left unsaid your holy wisdom can unearth. In the name of the one who came among us, in the power of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For the sake of those in need, for the care of the church in proclaiming Christ's birth, and for all that God calls us to do, let us gather our tithes and our offerings. If I could have a couple of ushers Come forward this morning. Come on, McKenna. You know you want to. Come on, Christian. Yeah, come on. There you go. Let's go ahead and we'll pray over the offerings. These gifts, O oh God, are first from you, signs of your bounty meant for all your children. We joyously give you thanks for all that we have and are and ask your blessings on our offerings. Turn our lives to your will as we receive and as we give for the sake of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live at peace with one another. Therefore, let us prepare our hearts to be God's sanctuary. Holy are you embracing God. For through your word all things came into being, and without you not one thing was made. As your word spoke through your covenant, you created a people bound to you. Through promise and pardon, slavery and exile, you showed that what had come into being through you was life. Your prophets promised that life as a light for all people and spoke of a day of comfort and redemption when ruins and waste places would, be, would break forth into song. When that day came and the word became flesh, your angels sang for joy and put a new song into our hearts. And even when we rejo rejected your son, you brought forth from his death a resurrection of everlasting glory. 
You welcome us as your forgiven people, uniting heaven and earth and joining our voices with angels and archangels in the unending hymn. Sing, say it with me. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Life-giving God, as your word became flesh and lived among us, come among us now in the, fulfill, in the fullness of your grace and truth. Make us holy as you are holy, that your word may become flesh anew today. Send your Holy Spirit upon this bread and this wine and make them be for us the, bo the body and blood of Christ, who at supper with his disciples took bread and gave you thanks and he broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup, and again he gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. God of glory, make your church a sign of newborn hope in your kingdom. Be born in us today. Where your children are faced with ruin, show them redemption. Where sorrow endures, bring your holy comfort. Where division excludes, give your grace. Where bondage confines, sing your new song. Restore our hope in you until the day when all that you have brought into being finds its everlasting destiny in the glory of your only Son. Where nothing in heaven or on earth falls outside your redeeming purpose, and when all things shall be full of grace and truth in you, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. When your hearts are ready, you may come and receive the elements.
as we close out this this morning, I keep thinking it's evening because I try to tell myself with Christmas Eve, but as we close out this morning, we're going to close out with a song that is a, a challenge to us because we have heard good news today. We have heard that Christ came, the very reflection, the, the imprint of God has come to be born in human flesh, to dwell among us, and so let us go and tell it. Join with me in our song, Go Tell It on the Mountains. Know this world as a place blessed by Christ's birth. In your words and in your work, let the light of forgiveness shine. Give thanks each day and rejoice. Now may the true light shine on you. May the sun sent by God be your guide and strength. May you go in peace and live in hope in Jesus' name. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.